Hello, friends, and welcome back <laughs> to your lovely, lovely listening pleasure that is the two kobolds in a trench coat. <laughs> we are back with you again in our wonderful cave. Um, slight, we've got fans because it's fucking hot. Oh, it's warm. <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah, so it's stifling. Going to apologise if it's, I don't know if you can hear it, but um, I hopefully have another it can, fan. It can just... get taken out in post by our production team. Wait, we have one of those. <laughs> wow. Okay. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. Where, where yeah. are they hiding? You know. Well, we have a vast they... amount of staff attached to this podcast that mm. the, right. the listener okay. doesn't doesn't quite know about. So we'll keep that under wraps. All right, okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah. we won't go into too much detail because, you know, mm. anonymity and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> okay. I believe yeah. you. So, the topic of discussion for today. We will get into a wonderful Nordic horror game called Vassen soon, which um, I think both myself and Ailey are very enamored with yes. it's a fantastic book um but first we have a little uh going over because i ran probably one of my f- first proper games i don't know i don't know whether you call it that i don't know it was beyond the wall that i ran that um i've been looking to run for quite a while and yes. it went rather well yes. it went really really you well run- there was music involved there was uh you know an opening montage uh, players had their own introductory theme tunes. I put a lot of work into it. <laughs> it's very yeah. good. I remember you talking about Beyond the Wall, and um, we were mm. sort of getting ready to like do a couple of sessions, and then obviously life has just prevented the Havoc crew from actually doing it. Giving it but, a shot. Um, yeah. So how – well, first off mm-hmm. – how was it? Did you enjoy it? Was it good? Was it fun? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it because there was a bit more collaborative stuff to it than I realised as we were going along, you know, filling in the um, bits and pieces of people's backstories from what they'd rolled on these tables, as well as like connecting NPCs to how they would all know each other and things like that. So it started off with three three uh, three friends. I can't say the word three. English. It was English. <laughs> yes. It was a pirate captain who'd returned from sea. There was a dwarf um rune smith who'd basically he was like the wandering Gandalf type figure who's older than a lot of them. And the final one was the he was the blacksmith's son, but his father was a legendary night that no one knew what knew about it was all very secretive and stuff like that so they all connected to this one girl which i thought was really good they come up with this it was a a friend of theirs she had sadly died so they'd all come back to sort of pay their respects Aww. which was really nice they'd known her from childhood and yeah so that was like the starting off point which i thought was really cool so yeah, because it was like a discussion beforehand, like, how do you think you're connected? What have you been doing? Because I laid it out saying, like, you've been away for five or six years. So where have you been? What have you been doing? And they came up with, like, what they've been up to, where they've been, and sort of stuff. And it was good. And I introduced some really horrible characters to them straight away off the bat. It was basically a – because the, the setting is a small sort of town, but the overall arching sort of area – 
I based in a city. It's called the Impossible City. It's part of one of the um, uh, adventure set play sets. But I just sort of embellished it. And it was kind of like, I likened it to Minas Tirith because it was like high and has like the ringed walls and stuff. Wow. But if you've ever seen the anime Attack on Titan, yeah, it was basically, yeah, it's basically like towns within these walls. Oh, so yeah. it was like this massive, massive city that was far too, you know, had outgrown everything. And it was like cities within these walls, uh, small towns within these walls. So that's kind of where, where I placed it. And, you know, the imperial imperials that sort of like govern the city, the nobility and stuff were being rather bad. And there was a good, some, some good this moments is- where some good roles and stuff, because basically it works off, you know, you roll under your stat, it's a success or a failure. And you just go from there and you narrate what you know what happens from there, and which I what, thought was a really cool system. And what dice do you use? Is is it like um, a d20 system or is it a d6 yeah, system? It's a it's a d20 system. It's very sort of it's very based off of D and D three point five, I think. That sort of you know thing where you're rolling this one, you roll under your stats for ability checks. You roll over for saves and over for combat. So wow. yeah, Old it school. was really cool. Yeah, very old school, very old school feel to it as well. And yeah, they came across basically the the general townsfolk were being put upon by these imperials. They'd come into town the way I I described it as it was tithing day. You can't, they come into town, they collect the grain, they collect oh, the taxes, no, and all that, that sort of day. stuff. <laughs> but as beforehand, like the previous couple of years, everything went fine. You know, a small amount of grain was taken, small amount of coin was taken. It was, you know, a very sort of mutual affair. Everyone moved on with their lives. But this time, I'd basically told the guys that, right, what's happened in the time you've been gone? There's been a lot of civil unrest in the big city, in the high city. You know, taxes are high. People are, you know, stuff's happening. So there's a lot of civil unrest. So the Imperials have decided to dispatch a lot more men. So the three characters met upon the crossroads and their first run-in was a, an imperial entourage of about 50 to 60 men oh, coming no. into town. So their first reaction was like, what's going to happen? Because, you know, you've got these, these outriders, there's carriages, the men's with their, their big halberds, their swords and stuff like that. And they're coming into town this small town and then obviously these guys were like what the hell is going on we've we've been gone five years and we've never seen anything like this and they were told to move aside and they kind of gently moved aside but with a few comments which caused a couple of the guardsmen to stop and you know there's a bit of name taking and what was funny what happened was one of the characters who was the blacksmith's son he gave his real name and the other two were like, yeah, this is our name. So they gave fake names. So he was the only one. They were like, okay, well, what? we know who you are then. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and it, was, it was a funny Never sort of moment name. where... Come on. Yeah, exactly. Because obviously he's, he's playing it as this impressionable young lad. So it was kind of like, it's very funny to see him be like, yeah, my name is X. I'm the, I'm the blacksmith's son. And they're like, oh, great, thank you. What's your name? Oh, made up name, made up name. And then they were looking at each other going like, did you just give them your real name? And he was like, what? I, I, we didn't discuss that we were going to give fake names. <laughs> and it was oh, just like, you no. never give your real name. So he was the only one that, so that was a good moment. That was funny. And then I gave them an opportunity as they were traveling back to the town and chatting amongst themselves. They were set upon by robbers. <laughs> oh, no. Ambushed. 
ambushed by probably <laughs> the wor- the worst two robbers you can imagine. Um, who were worst outnumbered, two, in, outgunned. Isn't they were, they were bad terrible. at robbing, or do you, they're yeah, just bad basically. people? Oh, no, okay. they were bad at robbing. Yeah, no, they're bad at robbing. Bad okay. At, <laughs> yeah, so it ended in a a couple of bad rolls, and one of them was caught in a snare trap. So they were upside down <laughs> as the robbers as the robbers sat upon them and realised because there was perception checks and stuff all around. And the robbers that I rolled, I rolled um, for each of them. For the three people there, I rolled to see what those two could see. And I only caught one of them. So to them, out of the three people, I only caught one. So they were like, oh, easy target. And they ran out the bushes <laughs> and realized there's three of them. I'm like, oh, no. So there was a bit oh. of back and forth, which was quite funny. Um, oh, dear. But, yeah, it was it was good fun, a good setup. And everyone was, like, really sort of into it. And we, we got over to the town. And this is where the fun began because the town is essentially on lockdown. Everyone's basically it's that it's that classic cliche thing of you know people citizens getting shoved around by the guards and oh you come here and all that sort of stuff. And there was this one guard who was ex- exceptionally nastier than the rest, and they were they were basically robbing the people. They're like any belongings, put it in the bag. And there was this little old lady who had her, had a pocket watch from her dead husband and he took it and he was like give me that watch in the bag and the players were like we can't stand this no more <laughs> we're not having this yeah basically yeah and i knew what was going to happen because i was watching them going like they want to help i can see because one of the questions was asked if we got into an out and out conflict how would it go and i said well since there's only three of you and you've just arrived back in town, there's a lot of them. It's either going to go th- one of a few ways. You're going to get badly injured, you're going to get arrested, or you're going to get killed. So you decide which how you want to deal with that information. How, how do you want of. to die today? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to get arrested? Do you want to get badly beaten and arrested? Or do you want to be um, killed and then displayed for everybody else to say this is what happens? So, But that was the funny moment where they were like, we got to jump in here. And you know they had a bit of a scuffle with the with the guy, and luckily the the um, the dwarf dwarven roommaster happened to have a spell that blinded people, so they blinded oh. a couple of the guards and made a break for it and ran off. Oh so, God. but yeah, so it was, that was good. That was a bit tense, but it was fun. Um, but yeah, so it, it went on like that, and then they basically got to a section where I was like, right, we'll end it there. That's a good opportunity to end it, and we're going to come back for a part two. So. Oh. Which was which was quite, and I'd only got through like half of what I'd intended to do anyway because they were just like, Jay. Sometimes you, when you're doing it, they're just rolling with different things and they're doing different bits and bobs. So you yeah. just go, let's just roll with it because <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a lot better than what I've got written down here. So let's just go with let's that. Let's go with it. <laughs> yeah, let's just go with that. So yeah, I couldn't I couldn't have asked for you know they're three experienced players. They they've played um, a lot of various other TTRPGs for a while i've shared a few tables with them as well so it was good to get them you know to sort of have this sort of old school D type feel um yeah and help me sort of run a, a game so when you guys are up and ready to go we'll uh, we'll do the same <laughs> run another little game like that and we'll see how well, it goes but yeah it was good fun i really enjoyed the system because it seemed a lot more complicated on paper but when you actually run it it's not that bad because you know, I likened it to because you add, you can add pluses and minuses to their roles. So if you wanted to try and do something, like for example, you want to climb a wall, but you're trying to do it quickly, I will add to your, I will take away from your roll. Okay. I'm minus two, minus three, or minus four. So you're now having to roll under what was say a fourteen is now a ten. So you're having to roll under a ten. 
Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> so instead of a DC, you're, you're doing that to them. Or if it's good, then I'll add to your roll. So it's higher. The Your stat goes higher, which means you're, it's easy to you to roll under, which I thought was a yeah. good. So whatever your bonus is, I can add or plus or minus it to help you out or hinder you in that sense. Helping which was quite cool, I thought. Helping yeah. So. You know, it's going to be yeah, none of that tomorrow, Shiv. Sorry, it's all going to be. I'm going to fuck you up. It's, that's, yeah. Sorry, that's just the way my games go. Yeah, <laughs> and for the, for the listeners out there, basically, we're doing a one shot. Um, Ailey's going to run a one shot for us because it's a homebrew have an off week. So we're going to see how that goes. That'll be fun because it'll be first time being a player for Ailey. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. in luck though because the bone mire doesn't exist at this point in time, so uh, I won't be setting you up against that beastie. I'm pretty sure, like I said in the in the chat, with my 12 HP and my AC of 14, I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, but all in all, but all, all in all, I really <laughs> I, I enjoyed that um, whole you know running a game feeling and, and you know. As watching their reactions, watching because they were getting really into it, they were sort of, you know, um, not sort of pretending not to be their characters, but immersed themselves in it a bit more, which I thought was really fun. Yeah. So they were like reacting to the stuff I was saying, like, "Oh my god, we can't." You know, some of their expressions were like, "I can't let this stand. I've got to be. I've got to get involved and that sort of thing," which I thought was really fun and like, really oh, helped I've the whole to thing. Do this. Um, yeah, civil unrest. I've got to join in. I've got to rebel. I've got to rebel yeah, was... against the civil unrest. Excellent. Yeah, I've got to join in. I've got to join oh, in and goodness. you know show these guys that are basically robbing everyone blind. That uh, oh, and, and basically it was one corrupt noble who basically had hired these mercenaries and dressed them up as guards under the pretense of being like, "Well, I'm just going to steal all your shit," and then report back and say, "Look, I'm putting down rebellions left and right, so you better reward me." So it was that sort of like this guy was nefarious. Oh. I'd, I'd written him to be basically. He Another. was a social climber. Yeah, basically, he was a social climber. He was black. He blackmailed people. He was sleeping with other people's wives to get like information. Did, yeah, he was just a nasty piece of work. Yeah, so he was basically <laughs> I don't like, like him whatever. Already. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so he was already like public enemy number one. So that's how I wrote him to be like this guy will do whatever it takes to get ahead and to appear to get onto the imperial council. So he was going to use this opportunity. It's like a false flag type thing. Oh. You know, I'm starting these things, but I'm also putting it down. So you better kind of, you know, help me out here. Cause I'm doing you, I'm doing such a good service. And I think when I explained that to the, what this, you know, the guys, like, this is what the character was like. You, I could tell they were like, Oh, we got to, we got to get this guy. We got to get him. This guy's an ass. <laughs> no, I, um, Precisely. I Precisely. love characters like that. You know, you, you, the ones that yeah. you just, love to hate because they're so heinous exactly and that's what how i made the, the guy the guardsman the sergeant of the guards that they they threw the coins in his face to try and get away because and got the walk, pocket watch back from you know he was i imagined him to be that sort of victorian sort of era type street fighter you know the broken nose the cracked teeth oh, scarred face yeah, yeah. that sort of guy yeah so he was like oh come here you what's your name and all that what's sort of name? stuff <laughs> Yeah, and there was a moment there, right, where I, I, um, that was it. They wanted the pocket watch back, and one of them nussed up the courage and were like, "No, give we need give us the watch back. We don't want to, you know, the the old lady needs her watch back. That's her husband's only possession." 
So me being me, I went, he throws it on the floor. And they were like, what? And they were like, and he was like, go on then, pick it up. If you want to be brave. And that was that moment of like, he kind of like leant down, carry on looking at at him to pick it up. Was was something going to happen? And it was that moment of, do I do something dastardly here or not? Hmm. Oh God, I have that but like decided, every session. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. But that was a fun moment because they were, they were looking at me like, is, is shit going to kick off? Because it was like, go on, yeah, you want to be brave? You want the watch back? Pick it up. It's right at my feet. Go on, take it. <laughs> it's one of those moments where you're just like, yeah, I could do this thing. I really yeah. could do this thing. Yeah. Should I do this thing? Should I, what, what will happen if I do this thing? If I do and, this um, thing, will they hate me forever? Do I care if they <laughs> hate me forever? <laughs> but, but again, it was that yeah. sort of bully mentality. Did you get really into the role of the bully? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I basically. No, no, well, here's the question, though. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> there was a moment where I was like, that would be really cool and funny, fun for me if I did this. But I was like, Let's rein it back in. And it, and I explained to them after we ended, and I was like, oh, great session, guys. I said, you know that moment? Do you know what I was going to do? And they were like, what? I said, as you reached down, I was going to get him to stand on your hand as, you know, as oh. you're gripping his watch and, like, grind the boot in a bit. But I was like, but I was like, no, because you... to injury. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you want to be a hero, buddy. Let's have a look. But it was that moment where I was like, no, no, he's convinced me. He's doing a good job. He's kind of talked his way into getting his watch back so i'll let i'll let that slide but i was like there was that moment where i was thinking this could be an all-out brawl here <laughs> if Ooh, i do no, that so no, let's not, yeah let's wait see you see for me when i get into a situation like that i'm just like i'm gonna roll a dice because even if you don't do anything the sound of the dice hitting the table is enough to mm. freak people out <laughs> exactly Oh, but I think I think if that was great. a system I was more familiar with, like D and D, like Five E, for example, I think I would have rolled a bit more with stuff because I was still trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work, and you know mechanics. And yeah, stuff. I was a bit like, let's not get into a full blown fight here because I'm not sure I know what I'm doing. It, yeah, hundred percent. The stuff probably, I haven't planned. Yeah, probably <laughs> best to sort of ease yourself into it rather than yeah. um, you know all out rush in. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, how- DM, how do I do this again? I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's just like, some uh, dice and hope for the best. <laughs> let's just figure it out as we go. But yeah, no, that so, was fun. That was good. To be fair, good that's game. the majority of my monster encounters. I don't know. Is this going to kill us? I don't know. It might. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. I just, I've just put you up against a dragon mixed yeah. with an ooze, mixed with a coyote, mixed with a psionic demon. So, you know, it's. I, I don't know. It might kill you. Yeah, definitely. We can, <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? You got a backup yeah. character, right? <laughs> well, yeah, everybody got a backup. But yeah. the the final question for that then is: Did they enjoy it? They very much did. For I got some very good feedback. They were really, really happy, and they were like, "Right, let's let's get a date in the books for the second session for part two. And I was like, "Right, let's have a look." And so, you know that. That basically is always a good sign when they go, let's get the calendar up and see when I'm free next and all that sort of jazz. <laughs> was so this was in like, person yeah, or was it over the... Uh, no, this was this was over, uh, yeah, this was over Tinterwebs. Tinterwebs. Tinternet, because they're all Tinterwebs. Americans. So, Americans. Yeah, 
my dear American friends. Yeah, they were good, good yeah. bunch, good guys, good group of guys. So I always enjoy yeah. playing with Americans because when you you say something that is distinct colloquial English, and they're like, mm. "What?" <laughs> so you, you, don't don't worry, you'll understand later. And then it comes back to I, bite them in the ass. <laughs> and I think it you. helps that the fact that. One of the guys is either a Cockney type of bad guy that I had, or the posh sort of bad guy that I had. But they were like, "Oh, these are evil. These are evil characters because of the accent." Right. So, okay, <laughs> you put a Brit on, like in a film, hmm. and nine times out of ten, villains. they're the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. So we make good villains. Know, we make good wait, villains. What can I say? <laughs> I I think I would make a wonderful villain because nobody hmm. ex- nobody expects the. Uh, Nobody expects the fame. Exactly. Until, until we're stealing your attention. Until it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my uh, little jaunt into DMing, GMing, or whatever you want to call it. So long may it continue. I did enjoy it, and I'll probably do it again. Your but jaunt we are into on... moderating the game. <laughs> exactly. Rules rules lawyering. Um, I hope but not. We're gonna be... No, I wasn't, I wasn't that bad. DM, oh, I think you'll find. <laughs> um, um, DM, I think you'll find. Wait, I am the DM. Shit. Yeah. Uh, Overruled. I'm trying to rules lawyer myself. <laughs> I've rules lawyered myself into a corner. Okay. Um, but now we will move on to a, another game, which we're going to talk about, called Vassin. Which... Okay, so I I don't know oh, how that's oh. pronounced. I'm just going to say, because I say Vassin, but that's because A-E to me is A. Like like Fay, right? Vason, but I don't actually know Vason? how it's. I I I don't know. I don't actually know how it's said. So hopefully somebody can enlighten us on this. Is it Vason? Is yeah. it Vason? Is it Vason? What is it? Vason sounds on a pretty postcard close. To Cobalt Cave, yeah. UK PO Box Cobalt <laughs> Cave. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, put the answers on the back of a cereal packet and send it to us. <laughs> with the cereal still inside, preferably because um, we have no money. So that you know, just a l- Time, little bit. Of... Times are tough. We're in times a crisis. Yeah, <laughs> cost of living crisis. So cost send of us your cereal. Crisis. Um, it's terrible. But yeah, right. no, it, it, it's a Nordic horror, isn't it? That's, yes. that's essentially so, what it is. So, right. Let's let's have a quick look at the back. Now, I'm just gonna say. This is quite weighty for its size, I thought. Yeah, when it's, you, when it's, you what, it, it's, it's got, it's got a bit of heft to it. It's not, it's not a massive. Two hundred thirty odd pages. Two hundred thirty yeah, pages long. So. so it's not as many pages as you'd get with D and D, because you get like three hundred odd pages. But mm. these pages are thicker. If you actually take a good old feel of that paper. That is heavy I, quality. I was just heavy. about to say, this is like the primo. And I'm, we're this not into is... paper chat here and two girls, oh, oh, but, but this is primo, top quality, this um, is premium quality. sort of paper. And the cover, touch that cover, the texture. It feels like that, Yeah, this, it's really, it's got that wonderful linen-y hmm. embossed feel into it. And it, it's really nice. And... So on the back, what does it say? Ah, there we go. In dark forests and forlorn mountains, by black lakes and hidden groves, at your doorstep, in the shadows, something stirs. Strange beings, 
twisted creatures lurking at the edge of vision, watching, waiting, unseen by most, but not by you. You see them for what they really are, which is, ooh, that's, that gives me a tingle in my spine. I'm not going to lie. That's very, very cryptic and creepy. Oh, that's great. But yeah, it, it then goes on on the back to talk about the mythic North, Northern Europe, 19th century, um, basically Scandinavia. So mm. uh, you're looking at, at Sweden, Denmark, and, and all that Norway, sort of way. Finland. Norway, Finland. All that sort of way. And it's beautiful. It's, it's, it is just... When you go into, like, when you open it up, it's just beautiful, this book. And the all of the myths that you associate with that sort of area and era, it's all in there. And it is gorgeous. And I can't say uh, that enough. And I've got to say, the illustrations are by Johan Egerkrantz. And it is some fantastic artwork. Wherever, if you, as you're as you're turning each page, there's a you know there's a bit of, of artwork on most pages, and it's really outstanding. It really, really is. Yeah, it's it's a very see. I'm familiar with this kind of styling because um, a friend of mine actually has a very similar aesthetic. Um, his uh, speciality is actually with um, steampunk fantasy horror kind of thing but so this mm. this for me is very reminiscent of the days i used to spend with with him and his wife and you know chilling and they've got their own rpg out as well which is really cool but um this is very nostalgic for me this artwork it's all greens and grays like and browns and browns yeah and earthy, it's very... very earthy tones and in a way kind of sickly but then you've got the odd page, like if you go and take a look on page 63. It just happens to be the injuries page, you know. <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah. Very dark. Mm. But it's a picture of a dragon and it's very dark and it's either a sunrise or a sunset. I can't, I can't tell. But it's just... Do you know how I'd interpret that? I'd interpret that the dragon's already done something to the landscape. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you could have set fire to something overnight. Because it's, it's, but... there's orange hues, there's blues, there's blacks, yeah. it's like in the dead of night. And the only thing you can make out is the orange of the dragon's face and mouth and the orange of the countryside. So yeah. I'd take and... that as maybe he's already been to work there. Oh, he's, yeah, he's already been in there. And there's, you know, you scroll through it. Well, you scroll through it. You flick through it because we're talking about a real book here. But You can, you can get a PDF of it. You, you can get a PDF, <laughs> but why would you when the book is just... Uh, gorgeous. Why would you? Gorgeous exactly, and well-priced, actually. Very, I will, very... I will say this. I will say this. This is what sometimes I like about TTRPGs, that you get a physical book. A physical book sometimes is worth its weight in gold. Right. So I am not going to lie. I am a book whore. I don't think I've ever thrown away a book. Um, That became problematic for my parents because uh, we ran out of space. So I used to spend a lot of time at the library 
So for me, getting a book is a no-brainer. If I can have a physical copy of a book, especially when the art is this pretty, yeah. I will absolutely do it. And you yeah, know what? Definitely. This has got a good smell to it. It's that premium quality paper. It's got a good smell to it. Definitely. <laughs> so what is the premise of this game here? All right, so basically the premise of this is you are in the 19th century, so 18-whatever. 18, 18, 1800s. So Victorian-ish era. Era, yeah. And what this is, is it's a world where what we would refer to as the, the fae and the mythological are very much real and taking part in everyday life. And you are someone who can see them because obviously these things are not normally visible to the bog standard folk of the world because if they were visible, they wouldn't be mythological. They would just be part of the landscape. So you are someone who can see them. Essentially, yeah, you're... You have some yeah. gifted with the sight, as they call it in the book. Yes. And uh, while the game itself does give some examples of games you can it's not a campaign book. This is very much uh, like a, a handbook for how to play. So there isn't really a lot in the way of campaign material, which is kind of sad, but at the same time, actually, that's kind of cool. Because mm-hmm. you can take it wherever you want. I find that lots of people feel that they have to stick really close to the source material when, you know, if they get given a DM's guide or whatever, they feel inclined to set their games in Forgotten Realms or whatever. But actually, Vason kind of leaves that free and open to you. So it could be you're in this world back in time, or it could be an alternate universe or it could be a completely different universe altogether. So you have that freedom to play around with it there. Now, what I like about this is the fact it can work off a sense of um, cases. Like you're, you could be investigating something like a, a Vassen or Vessen. Um, something's happened in the town. You feel it's, and you're sent on a case and it, you can work on a case-by-case case basis if you want to keep it short form. I feel yes. that could work that way. Yes. And in this, now, Vason uses special dice. It does It does say that on page 15, Vason uses special dice. They are not required in order to play the game, but they may contribute to the atmosphere around the gaming table. Um so there is you basically it's a d6 game it's a d6 pool system if it's i'm a right pool isn't it? system yes uh, or something like that um but here's here's a funny thing some of the tables ask you to roll a d66 how has that worked out? Because I right. did read it, so, but I can't remember the specifics. So this is a bit like a D100. You roll two D6s, 
and decide which represents tens and which represents ones. So it's gotcha. very much similar to when you roll 2d10s for the d100. Yeah. Um, so gotcha. that's how it works. So when you roll a three on the first and six on the other, the result is a 36. Um, so that's the principle there. Um, and it's you, you don't need the dice. You, you don't need them. But they kind of help. And I actually do have them because when this was bought for me, which I think was a must have been last year sometime this was got for me. Mm-hmm. I I had like the full the full shindig. I got the book, I got the DM screen, I had like pictures and the little cards and the dice and the full shebang. And it you know what? Everything's such great quality. I can't fault any of it. And the dice are really cute, you know. In a creepy kind of way, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit like when you get those dice and they got like dead, dead stuff inside, and you're like, these are so cool, yeah. but they're also really grim, and they're kind of creeping me out, but they're really cool, and that's that's kind of that's that's kind of that. So it is predominantly a D6 system, very simple with a pull, and you roll on tables for some things when you're doing your character trade. But I will say before we carry on, that this is done by Free League Publishing, which I think is a Swedish company, and they make, they've turned out some really good stuff. Some yes. really good stuff. If you can't find Free League, look for Freer Ligen, uh, mm-hmm. which is their actual name, uh, their, their original name, Freer Ligen, which is Free League <laughs> in, in, its, uh, in its language. But, yeah, they, Free League, do so many amazing books and I've just in fact I'm going to bring up the Free League website now because it's amazing they do oh the very first thing that comes up is Pirate Borg scurvy ridden mm-hmm. rules like art heavy role playing game and that's if in you've fact, ever played Mork Borg which is a good yeah. game which is basically like a really sort of horror you know, every round, every corner, your character could die. It's a really good game. Again, it's a D6 system, so it's super, super simple. But, and and what I like about Mortball, not to sidetrack or Vesson for a minute, is that rolling up a new character takes like a minute. So you can be like, bam, I'm a new character now. Once mine's just been brutally killed. Oh, <laughs> I've just been made dead. Oh, look, there's a new live person again. But so, Free Legan. Is, as you said, Swedish. Uh, you go onto their, even if you go onto their English website, it gives you like the, uh, the costs in krona first off, um, which terrifies the, the absolute pants off of me whenever I see that. It's like 224 krona, what? That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Oh, wait, no. Krona is big, big numbers. Um, it's kind of scary. But Free League also do Alien RPG. Yep. They do Tales from the Loop. They do uh, Lovecraft, uh, Mutant mm-hmm. Year Zero. They do A Walking Dead. They do The One Ring. Yeah. And they also do I... a Lord of the Rings 5th edition sort of thing. I've played the... that, which is really good. I've played the 5th edition Lord of the Rings. That's really good. There's some different mechanics to normal D, more normal 5e, and it works really, really well. I would definitely yeah. want to play One Ring at some point in the Free League 
style with the D6s and stuff. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And they've got they've got all kinds of they've got alien and all sorts. So there's something for everyone there. If you like sci-fi, mm-hmm. they've got it. If you like sci- uh, cyberpunk, they've got it. If you like fantasy mythology or horror, they've got it. It's like holy crap, so much going on. It's amazing. And but all of their stuff all of it is such great quality. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I keep going on about how thick these pages are, but this is like double, double the weight of. If, if we would, if we compare it to like the um, the DM player's guide handbook or the, the DM guide, yeah. yeah. This is like double the pa- at least double the paperweight, and it's got a it's got a slightly fluffy texture to it almost. If if you, if you get what I mean, if if you roll your fingers over it, it's not that smooth photo sort of slippery finish. It's got a texture to it. Yeah, and it's just so tangible. Normally, books are just like you know, just flick through it, find what you need. But this is actually art in itself. The whole thing is a piece of art. It's very, it's very irresistible to put down, isn't it? it I don't, I don't want to stop touching it. But I've also got. <laughs> I want to just keep rubbing my fingers over it. It's like no, you get it dirty. Um, I've also got the Mythic Britain and Ireland expansion. And again, nice. This thing is, it's exactly the same. This expansion is the same quality as the original. Sometimes you find that some expansions are a little bit... Lesser than. Lesser. Uh, But this Mm. isn't. This is the same beautiful artwork. It's the the same high-quality paper, the same wonderful textures... Um, I've just opened up a random page and uh, I've gone on to one of my favourite things, which is the Wild Hunt um, with the spectral hounds and everything. And it's just, it's just beautiful. And it even goes into talking about the various cities. They've really done their research. Really, really gone into their research because they've not just... They've not just gone, oh, London, and everything is about London. You've got London, you've got Edinburgh, Glasgow, Liverpool, Manchester, Belfast, Dublin, Cardiff. They're, they're all in here, and it, it gives you some background and information. They have gone all out with this. So, and this is one of the things that I quite liked about it, on page 10 of the actual uh, Vassen book, it says you can use other cities. It does because yes. this is primarily set in Uppsala, um, but but it says here, feel free if you if you want to create a whole setting yourself, use other cities. This book assumes that the characters will be based in the city of Uppsala. Yes. The town is ideally located in central Scandinavia and is home to a famous university, scores of societies, and a famous academics. However, you can of course choose to place your game in another town of your choice. Read through the chapter about Uppsala, page one hundred five. Uh, research your location using books and the internet, and then write your own short gazette here about the character's hometown. So you know, yes. it gives you, 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 
as long as you know the basic rules, I think, and you you understand what Vassen is or what they are, then you can apply that to any town. Like with that book there, the new, the expansion you've got there, I'm pretty sure yeah. there's probably a lot of English or British, I should say, air quotations, um, fairy tale folklore in that oh, itself. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> I mentioned the Wild Hunt. You've got, mm-hmm. there's one in here so like, uh, for the Selkies. There's, uh, oh, we know these fellows, the Red Cap. There you go. Little nasty bastards. Um, but there's got all kinds. Oh, yeah, this one, this this uh, this fun guy. You remember him? Remember this guy? Oh, the Nuklevy or Nuklevy, <laughs> whatever they call it. Nuklavi. Nuklavi. Yeah. Scottish, I believe, isn't it? Scottish. Thing? It is. It is from Orkney. Up from there the, you go. Uh, they call them the Orkneydian areas. Uh, and leprechauns. Oh, the hag. Gotta love a hag. Uh, Glystick and all sorts. So, yeah, this brings in a. Oh, look. Here's, here's a, a, nice, a nice friend to meet, the Dullahan. Nobody wants to meet him on the dark night because he hecking scary. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can just combine them all together and just mash into your own. You could create your own and setting in city. What, what I like about this is the the character creation. You have archetypes, uh, which are you know like, uh, for example, uh, the priest, the officer, the occultist, the hunter, the private detective. Those sort of character classes shall we say um but you also have you have things you have like trauma and dark secrets and things like that that encompass into your character that the the, the gm who's running the game can use yeah to build the story like for example um one of the traumas i've got is the doctor the trauma is a corpse came back to life during an autopsy oh. which is just terrifying yeah. A dark secret. A dark secret of the Doctor has two separate personalities. Now, this is something <gasps> that, that can be woven into the a very sort of Jack the Ripper esque, maybe I don't know, or very or Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde, Hyde isn't yeah. it? And that's it's... the sort of thing that can be built into the um, the story as it unfolds, to do with the Vassin and how they can connect to you as the investigator, which I think's crazy and it's fascinating yeah the, 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 the character creation is quite simple as well there's there's a 12-step process but it's it's all very easy you choose an archetype choose an age name distribute your attribute points according to your age so you have attributes not you have attributes and Stats, skills yeah. So those are your two stats. So your skills and your attributes are different. So attributes are things like uh, physique, precision, logic, and empathy. Whereas skills are knowledge and training and things like that. So agility, close combat, uh, force, medicine, stealth, investigation, ranged combat, learning, and all that those kinds of things. So it distinguishes between certain things um which is in, in a different way to D because obviously in D you've got your six basic stats and then your skills but these actually kind of fit better i think physique precision logic and empathy so that's basically uh strength decks 
charisma and intelligence, I think. Intelligence, wisdom combined. Mm-hmm. And we're just... Um, we're dumping constitution. Who needs constitution? No one needs constitution. Um, we'll dump that. But it makes it all very easy. It's like pick one or roll a dice. And it's it's so simple. Yeah, I mean, if you go to page 214 of this book, it has background tables, and that's like a quick guide to roll up a character, which I thought was quite cool. You've just got tables, you roll on the table, and it gives you your attributes, gives you the skills. It tells you if you're, you know, how many resources you get, if you're a poor worker, you're a, what sort of background you come from, um, and things like that, which is a nice handy way if you're like, oh, I just want to roll on the table and, and do it quickly as well. Yeah, there's no reason for it to take long at all. You just roll roll some dice. When you're rolling dice, just looking at the actual character sheet in the back of the book here. So if you're needing to roll, um, I don't know, observation. So you would take what you have in empathy and what you have in observation and roll that together and that's your result. Is that, am I reading that right? I believe so. Then you take the highest... I'm just going to roll I back believe. to go back to the beginning um, and uh, come for not butchering it for anybody who's listening. Yeah, no, <laughs> we're totally just jumping around here. I'm just, I'm still just like absolutely enthralled by the paper. Let's not lie here. Uh, so skill tests. So skills that you handle. Uh, rolling a six counts as a success. When you using how many skill, successes you have, is that right? Yes. When using a skill, yeah. you start by adding the skill value and the attribute together. The sum of this determines how many six-sided dice you get to roll. Rolling a six counts as a success, and you rarely need more than one success in order to pass a skill test. And you can use any skill in game, even if your skill value is zero. So... Here's the thing. What I like about this is it actually gives you examples. So, for example, the example that it gives immediately after skill tests, um, it reads out as player one. I put on the cowl and the mask and sneak into the church. The game master. It's dark and cold and the great double doors of the church are decorated with demonic faces made of metal. As you open them, you hear the murmur of a hundred or so people, all wearing cowls. There must be several villages gathered here. There are red candles burning all over the place. Someone is playing a stringed instrument you can't identify. At the front, there is a person facing the crowd. The face is shrouded by a hood. Make a stealth test. And then it says, player one, I have precision two and stealth two. That's four dice no sixes i fail so it actually spells out for you how you do it you know it it gives you examples of how these roles go about which is really useful it's it's like obviously in dnd it it says oh roll this and add this but this goes one step further this hmm. this says you add these, roll these. Here's an example to help you, just in case that's hard. Because sometimes 
you read it and it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it can get lost in a bit of translation, translation there, doesn't it? There have been times where I've been reading the DMG and I read it five or six times and I still don't know what I've just read. Um, exactly. Yeah, so, sometimes you're like, I'm not really clear what it's trying to tell me, but this has got good examples where you're like, oh, hang on, no, I get it, I get it. Yeah, so because it's got those examples, it's it helps, you know. But it's also very simple. You either succeed or you don't. There's no... Partial successes and all yeah. that sort of stuff. It, it's, I, you know... I'm looking for successes only, nothing else. <laughs> And it's dependent entirely on how many dice you roll. So your success is determined, firstly, you've got to roll a six. But second, you can increase your chances of getting a six by increasing your pool of dice somehow, whether through skills or abilities or whatever. And that is so simple. That is so damn simple. It's like... You don't need to really think about it you can just get into the game so okay roll your pool uh there's no sixes there so no that that's a no and then you carry on there's no roll that add that compare to dc uh okay so you did this but it's just flat out yes or no and that actually is quite refreshing i like that yeah, yeah definitely as, as a predominantly D D player I do find that quite refreshing. I have played Heart, a city beneath, and I did find the sort of pool system like a little bit. I wasn't. It was a little bit more complicated, and the mm -hmm. Star Wars RPG with the success and failure dice and the the you know with all that the colorful the really colorful dice the red and the yellow and the white and the yeah yeah. That I found, I liked it, but when you're getting when you're first starting, it's really difficult to get into. But Vason isn't. It's just, did you roll a six? Uh, no, you fail. Or uh, yeah, I got one. Okay, great. Yeah, you succeed. Yeah, I mean, it's the fabulous. bit I read. Just yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's a great way to make it nice and simple and straightforward. One of the things I liked was something called conditions. Now, if you fail a roll, you can try again, but you take a condition. And those conditions are, there's physical and there's mental. So physical are exhausted, battered, wounded. Mental are angry, frightened, and hopeless. And, you know, they have impacts on what happens yeah. to you as you're move, as moving forward. And if you suffer too many conditions, you get something called where you're broken, where basically you're just mentally broken, I believe, or physically broken. This is kind of so, makes me think of Cthulhu, where you know if you take does, too many points insanity. of yeah. yeah, take too many points of stress and you become insane or whatever. Too many insanity points and you know you lose your you, your marbles are just disintegrated into nothing. <laughs> but well, exactly. Like one of the things that says here, being physically broken can mean that you are exhausted beyond your limits or have sustained a, a serious wound. You might be unconscious or dying. Perhaps you've had your leg crushed or been shot in the gut writhing in oh. agony see there's also wounds Ow. that come into play that can affect oh. you like you can lose an eye you can get your arm crushed so there's impact which i like as well there's stakes to stuff you go wrong because let's face it these yeah. larson 
they ain't no joke. They're not fucking around. I mean, <laughs> I mean you've seen the the, the Nukalavi, haven't you? Yeah. That skinless monstrosity that drags you into the waves and eats you. You know, it's just ugh. exactly. Like, <laughs> for example, that on the there's a phys, there's a physical critical injuries table where you roll a d sixty six and go from delightful. eleven. <laughs> 11 to 66, that ranges from a foot injury, broken fingers, ruptured tendons, down to crushed genitals, punctured <laughs> eye, ruptured bowels, um, a caved-in forehead. A caved-in forehead, um, basically, the defect you get is an altered personality, and your observation is a minus two. Oh! Um, and it can be fatal. Can we, can we roll Whereas... back a little bit to the crushed genitals? <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> um, basically, crushed genitals. Is this fatal? Yes. The time limit: one d six days. Right. The defect is you're incontinent, <laughs> and your agility goes down minus one. So you're not surprised. You're a, you've squished your, your, your gems. You, you've you've yeah. you've literally, you know, that. And it, it's not joking though. There is a basis no. in science for that. If you. Yeah, you're you you're in do, big trouble. You're, you're in big, big trouble, trouble if you do terrible damage to your your jewels, aren't you? I mean, ruptured bowel. The defect is now you have to wear a colostomy bag. <laughs> so you got one of them flapping around as you're yeah. trying to hunt basset. Did they um, exist in 1800s? <laughs> probably a very very primitive form of one, which probably like, wouldn't have been very nice. I, it's but, probably um, like a, a pig's bladder or a stomach or something. Probably like, some just... sort of sheep. Covering or something, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the mental mental critical injuries range from confused to oh, that's panic attack. Time. I'd be screwed. <laughs> to panic attack to frozen facial muscles, whitened hair. So you could be so scared your hair turns white, which I think's fucking awesome because you could be like this whole hardened investigator and you come across something like a nook livy or something even more worse. And your hair just turns white from just fear. <laughs> the, the stress. I'm so stressed. Yeah. My hair's turned white. Do you, do you know what? It, that's what it is when you have kids, isn't it? Your hair starts to go white. <laughs> or fall out. One or other. <laughs> you just end up bald with like with your beard. Bald with a grey beard. Yeah, I just yeah. look like Santa Claus. But that's no. Great. Um, but I like there's 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 actual repercussions to then you just take yeah. like from a D and D perspective you take slashing damage you take this and and I've always liked those games where there's wounds or there's stuff like that 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 can impact your character that you can something you come away from slightly changed from this interaction yeah just, see, you you have magical healing and you're back to normal see fifth edition has something it does have like a major injuries table and things like that but those kinds of things are things that you can easily get around you know oh you have a horrific mm. scar Meh, i just wear a mask they can't see it then no and or oh magical healing there we go rib is fixed that to me was always a bit like mm, no nah. i do it differently in my games so yeah i have one player who who's cobalt i feel terrible doing this but i set off um basically you know the the oh what's it called some not sunbeam it, it basically it's an explosion of sunlight um, Is it dawn no no i don't think so 
I can't remember, but it's basically an explosion of sunlight. But I had it come from the arse of a giant spider. Um, wow. Because why not? Giant spider with a sunburst. <laughs> sunburst. That was it. Sunburst uh, coming out of its arse. Um, and unfortunately, he failed his save. Oof. And, okay. then, and then failed the constitution save afterwards. So now hmm. he's actually going blind over time. Oh, wow. Because of this. Now, he does have the option of someone helping him out and, you know, fixing it. But it takes time and it takes resources. So he does run the risk of going blind before he gets the uh, the treatment. It's a bit like getting laser eye surgery for cataracts. Once it gets yeah. to a certain point, the, you can't reverse it. It's it's The damage is done. But if you catch it early enough, you know, it's it's doable. That's basically what I've done with this. So he is currently in a he's a kobold as well. So, you know, that was that in was trouble. really bad. That was really bad for him. So at the moment, he has to wear special glasses. And if he goes out <laughs> in the light without these special glasses, he actually has a major disadvantage on his perception as a whole. That, that's how yeah. I do it. I, I like these repercussions that, you know, there's something extra that can go wrong. You ha- you you fail a save. Oops, your colostomy bag's been ripped out. <laughs> Brutal. Oh, and, you know, mm. you, you've lost an eye. So essentially, your peripheral vision on one side, you, you have none. None whatsoever. Yeah. So, so if something's sneaking up on that one side, you're kind of stuffed. Really. Hmm. It's and I like that about about this, about other games that have that kind of thing in it. You can as the DM, it's great because you can use it to further the story and to instill a sense of dread that there are repercussions. It's not a game of ultimate heroes where nothing ever goes wrong well yeah i mean you get into battle and your arm gets crushed and that's your sword arm you're in trouble you're you're in deep trouble and you're gonna be like i i've got a flea i cannot fight anymore i'm not gonna be like this is let me fight with my you know this is that was just like in what's it monty python it's just a nick it's it's just a flesh wound Not but a flesh, a flesh wound. wound. This is just me yeah. slapping you with my flappy arm. You know, it's yeah. like it'll be like that scene in, dare I say it, the Harry Potter films where he accidentally removes the bones instead of repairing them. He just has this mm. floppy rubber arm. Just a big floppy arm. Yeah. yeah. It's similar thing. It's it's kind of like that. And that that's what I I like about games. I don't believe mm. that games should be without consequence. And Vason has some wonderful consequences, including really things like hauntings. Ones as well. You know, yeah. things like hauntings and and you know psychological trauma. And I'm not saying psychological trauma is great, but it it's obviously in real life it's not psychological trauma is a bad thing, but it in a way as well it opens up your awareness to that kind of thing as well. Hmm. 
because Precisely. bypassing bypassing those issues in other games, like not touching upon them, that look, you are in this bad situation. You are going through some shit. You're not just going to be sitting there chilling with your feet up and a pint. Like, yeah, it's great. There's going to be nope. repercussions. There's going to be consequences. And it it's a way to sort of expose people to that kind of inevitability as well. And I like that because it, it opens your awareness a bit more. Yeah, and it, it changes the way you think about how to approach situations with them as well. Because it's that thing of like, I could be disemboweled here. This is no fun. Now I have to reason, like, how, what's the escape? How do I get out of here? I mean, like, just flicking to the section, you know, where the Vassen actually are. Like, it tells you, like, what rules for Vassen, what, what you could do, like, banishing them. You know, some of them, like the Ash Tree Wife on page 124, for example. It tells you that, you know, you have to hammer iron nails into the roots of the tree to sort of stop it from coming back, things like that. You know, and it's just like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like, it's not as easy as just cast a banishment spell or kill it because I suppose it's a bit like a flame skull where you have yeah. to do, where a flame skull will come back unless you do a certain thing. Yeah. So... It's it's kind of like that, but each vasem is different. So the ash tree wife, uh, the only way to truly kill it is to cut down or burn the ash tree. Yeah, and that has to be a ritual that has to be yeah. done to do it. Yeah. Um, the brook horse can be banished by riding it across ploughed ground in the form of a circular sun cross or leading it into a stable where six Christian symbols have been carved, one on each wall, one on the floor, and one on the ceiling. Um, See, that's very specific. That's very specific. It's, it's very specific. And that is what makes it so intriguing, because when you start the game, you might not know how to do this. And the church grim, you, you goddamn black dog, you know, it, you... You find the wall where it is buried, break it down and burn the carcass. That's very much like supernatural. Where to get yeah. rid of a of a spirit or a poltergeist, you have to go and burn what remains of the of the corpse or you, an item. It's very much like that. I get very much have you ever seen the Tim Burton film Sleepy Hollow? That sort of vibes from this. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of you know, something's buried out in the, the ground somewhere and it keeps coming back, so you have to find the body, burn it, and then it doesn't come back anymore and all that. And this is very much like if this was turned into a film, I can imagine someone like Tim Burton like directing oh, yeah. it because it's that dark, gothic sort of setting that I think it would do well in. He would absolutely have fun with this. I'm just looking at the ghosts. The only way to banish a ghost is to find out what is keeping it from passing on help it resolve its unfinished business but then you've got like there are ghosts and spirits in here very specific like the spirits of children and it's very oh in some ways it's kind of horrific but i say the one that, that, that i find quite terrifying is the myling the, my, the myling i'm just looking at that now oh, man. it's like yeah 
And it's... Uh, (laughs) That just already gives me the chills. (laughs) (laughs) A Myling finds peace when its mother is sentenced to death for murder or when the crime is otherwise solved and justice served. (laughs) That's, That's... that's awful. Yeah. You know you know why a myling is there. A myling is there because it was murdered by its mum. That's like And that just, wow. that just gives me chills. That does. That's, that's horrible. Oh, it's like ugh. But it's just so it's so well done. And it's not done in a way that's offensive OTT. either. Yeah, it's not no. It's not over the top with it. It's 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 just so well researched and so. One of the pictures. Yeah, go on. Sorry. It's so well researched and it's just so delicately done. You know, it's not like oh, go out and kill the mother or anything. And it gives you options. So you know, it's like these things can happen. But it also does say in the nineteenth century, infanticide is punishable by death. Mm. And it's it's both like, her- horrific and interesting because it's so the, well researched. One of the ones I like the most is the Willow Wisp. The just the artwork oh, just makes me laugh. He's like such a, a it's like a little like little, little old man. But it, the actual Willow Wisp is when they talk about it, it's actually horrible. You oh, know, yeah. It, the willow wisp will drown, leads people to be drowned, and then keeps their spirits as slaves. It's like, oh, that's dark. Yeah, compared it's, to um, just like, and a willow, a willow the wisp that you see is just like a light in the forest or something. It's like, no, these are actually malevolent creatures and they're horrible. Which, yeah. if you read about it, not, I mean, it doesn't want to say. It says that base Vassan are not all. They're like, um, they're not all physical. No, they're not, you know, they, they're not combat related. They're not going to attack you straight off. No, if I remember correctly, it says in here somewhere. They they do things. It's like so. The will of the wisp doesn't outright attack you. It never, even even in like the British variant mythology of it, the will of the wisp is a trickster above all else. Depending on how you treat it and the land around it, specifically the area in which it is in, it can help or hinder. So following a will of the wisp in in England and, you know, the UK anyway, Mm. it is not a physical thing. It will never outright attack you. But following it, basically do so at your own peril. Be careful with how you deal with it. Um, Yeah. And... Things like the red men or uh, the, the hungry man, um, the grey men and that. They are not physical necessarily. They won't just, you know, they're not going to suddenly swoop in and attack you and whatever. They'll. It's more psychological with them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, something might have happened that drawn them out or done so, yeah, or... Uh, something's happened to their where they live or whatever so that's usually the course for some it's never just like they've just attacked you for no apparent reason there's always a reason behind something's happened yeah and in most cases well in most cases evasion won't show themselves 
except in extreme circumstances, you know. It's, it's just not what they do. <laughs> but dealing with them doesn't have to be a bloodbath. It can, it can be as simple well, yeah. as sticking some nails in a tree or ensuring that justice is served and what, you know, that kind of thing. That sort of thing. Exactly. It's like on page 13, it says the fight against Vassin. Your mission is protect humanity from Vassin, but the world is not black and white, which I like. There's not like good and bad. It's shades of grey. Yeah. Um, the Vassin you encounter are often victims of other Vassin or human activities. So you will have to take a stand and do what is right, whatever that may be. So it's up to you to interpret like, is this something that's going to hurt people? Or is it just like, if I banish it and it doesn't come back, is that better for everybody? It's that sort of like dilemma of what do you do for the best? It's like the miling, though. It's like in the in the yeah. case of the miling. And miling happens because its mother killed it. Yeah. But then you have to identify who its mother was and you have to work out, you know, if I leave this miling, is it going to do more harm and good? And because Precisely. infanticide is, you know, illegal, punishable by death, is this going to be for the best? You know, is is this the only child that this person has ever killed? You know, have they have there more? Mm. You could have a whole swarm of mylings. Just like... I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the building of an adventure itself. There you go. You've yeah. got like a small investigation already started. Like the myling is, is, is happening in this small town or whatever. You've been sent there to figure out how what's happened, how to get rid of it. But you're also uncovering this tragic and horrific story about what's happened. And is there a like a, an absolutely terrible child killer on the loose that yeah. started off? You know, do you know what I mean? It's that sort of weird thing where it was like a mother that killed its child and it had another child that killed that. Da, 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 da. And, you know, that is some dark shit. <laughs> and that's it's some, dark some stuff. really dark shit. You know? but, but then to be honest, the, it's dealt... Yeah, go on. It's... But then on top of that, you've got, okay, so why is this mother killing its children? Is this another facing at work? You know, well, yeah, there you go. Some... It, it, it's it's all intertwined. And, like, that's been manipulated by that person to do this. And then you've got, like, yeah. And it, it's just, it, it can unravel quite quickly to be, like, do you remember in 1842 where we uncovered this? Like, that's your investigation and that's something that, the next time around you're building fame off of that as you're investigating. Yeah. And I think that's great. It's good, yeah. It's a definitely it's definitely a game I want to play for sure. I definitely want to yeah, try absolutely. and give that a go. Um and it might well be, who knows, watch this space. We might have we may even try this, do like a character creation session. Yeah. For an we'll, episode and, we'll and see how we do. And give it a go, see what <laughs> we come up with. We're not gonna have this the uh, same issue with D&D like roll a six. Oh shit what's yeah. my dump stat what's my dump stat um all of them <laughs> all of them I'm gonna dump all of my stats um yeah I you know what Free League if you would if you're listening Free League we love your book your books are amazing do do more of them I'd love I, I need more of these in my life these are beautiful they are works of art people if you don't have these books, go and get them because you will just not be able to stop staring at them. They are wonderful, glorious, Definitely. beautiful, beautiful things. And they're reasonably priced. High quality, reasonable price. It's great. 
That's wonderful. I mean, I think I got mine for 30 quid off Amazon, which is quite good, I felt. I think, I think, hang on, I think I've got in here. At the time um, it was 30 quid, I think it was. Let's have a quick look. I think I've got the, um, I shouldn't have this, but I, it's in the book. So dispatch remote, there we go. Um, is it written in that? Oh, no, it's not on there. But, um, yeah, if you go on to, let's uh, if you go onto freeleaguepublishing.com, you can buy directly from the publisher in their store. So, Vason, from their store, oh, it's all in Krona. That's not a good idea. Let's do it in pounds. Um, the basic Nordic horror role playing, so the original Vason, £36.60. Ah, there you go. Which is cheaper than the, than the, uh, uh, than, the dragon game because i forgot what it was called for a second there so it's just called the dragon game <laughs> the dragon and game you can buy the vtt module for 18 pound 23 so you get the whole thing on foundry vtt you can also buy a bundle the print pdf and vtt bundle for 42.48 which is nothing when you consider all of that stuff that you're getting uh, Mythic Britain and Ireland is thirty one forty six at the moment, at the current exchange rates, and you can buy the RPG bundle. Now this one's a bit pricier. This one's normally ninety three thirty five. It's currently seventy three thirty five, but it includes the core rulebook. You get a deluxe game master screen, a full color map of the Mythic North and the town of Uppsala. You get an an engraved set of dice and a custom card deck and you get a pdf as well of the core rule book so you get all of those goodies and i have all of this it's all beautiful it's all worth it's definitely worth the 70 quid for the whole big bundle i'm going to be getting seasons of mystery next because that side is really good that i don't have it really good We've also got um, Wicked Secret and other uh, Wicked Secret and other mysteries, which I want to get that as well. But I need seasons of mystery because I need the elk on the front. The picture on that cover of that book is just glorious, with the uh, with the horned um, the horned fay riding the the big moose elk thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's amazing. Looks great. But uh, yeah, so if you want to take a look at what is available with Vase and oh, they've got pre-order for the Lost Mountain Saga. Sorry, that just I just spotted that at the top. I'm like, oh, and that is and that's another segue. Good segue. If you want to listen a, to how this is played, listen to the Lost Mountain Saga podcast because it's it's an actual play of Vasin. Go check yeah. it out. I've listened to some of it, and it's got like a a three um, episode prologue where it tells you where the characters came from and stuff like that and then goes into it and it's it's really really good so go check that out as well mm. all so, things vassan yeah if you're interested go to freeleaguepublishing.com you can get prices in pounds dollars euros and krona with languages in swedish and english so i can't read swedish so uh, there's absolutely no way i will be looking at swedish because i don't no. understand but Go and take a look. Vason is a wonderful book, wonderful art, wonderful bits and pieces to go with it. And yeah, 
go check out Free League. They are amazing. And go check out Lost Mountain Saga. Yeah, go mm. check it out. And I think that'll be a good opportunity to end the episode there after we've had a good old chat about this Nordic Gothic horror. And um, yeah, we'll we'll probably look more into this down the line. Keep an eye out, keep an ear out, keep everything out for it and see where we go. Yep. Try not to do um, what I do and get a get an ear infection while you're listening out, though. Stay away yeah. from the ear infections, guys. It, 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 it's annoying. It's, <laughs> it ain't fun. It, it ain't, ain't fun, though. <laughs> but, yeah. But, um, yeah. That's it. Come check us out at 2 Kiat Podcast. Come find us on the Twitter machines in the interweb worlds at IOShiv. Yeah, at Illyria Payne. You'll probably find me more on Mastodon these days because there's weirdness going on on Twitter and it, it scares me. <laughs> so I'm scared <laughs> Also find me on Tumblr. Just Google Illyria Payne or go to my website and you'll find me somewhere. I'm sure I'm 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 there somewhere. So Precisely. you can also you can also find two kobolds and a tretico on our own website. We are still saving up to buy to kobolds.com or whatever we can get our little clawed koboldy mitts on so if you'd like what to man? head on over to <laughs> ko-fi and put in two kobolds in a trench coat in ko-fi maybe donate a little bit of penny so that we can actually you know be us on the interweb <laughs> that'll be nice precisely try <laughs> yeah we're trying to do something with this and see where we go yeah yeah but um yeah listen out for more from us you'll probably hear from us very soon um, enjoy yourselves and if you're playing games out there enjoy them too and just yes. don't die <laughs> don't die stay safe stay hydrated folks it's hot out there and yeah. uh, take care we will catch you all next time see you around bye bye <laughs>